Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dealers were hated so much. More than attorneys, more than politicians. For some reason, every time we try to sell a car, people just yell at us, cuss at us, think we're trying to rip them off. If you go to Walmart, they're making 50 to 25% off of whatever products they sell you. But for some reason, if a dealership makes 10% off you, we're monsters. What cars would you recommend people never get? Oh, I'm going to get a bunch of hate on this one. So <laughs> the first one is going to be Range Rovers. But I've seen brand new ones go to the shop more than any other car. You know, and his was electrical problems. He'd just drive it and the car would just shut off. You know, and he's got a family. His kids are in the back. All of a sudden, the steering wheel locks up. The brakes won't work. Wow. You know, it's very scary. scary. So called... Uh, uh, Range Rover, and I think they had so many people calling, they just gave another one. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't even take another one at that point. That's though. what I told them. <laughs> Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour podcast. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my guest today, Lucky Lopez. How's it going, man? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on, brother. Absolutely, man. So I've been seeing you on YouTube for a few years now. Is that sort of where you got started in the social media game? Um, actually, I got started on Facebook. I had a dealership here in Vegas, and I used to run the most ridiculous ads. I had mm. like the uh, whoever had the most kids special. So I would run ads on Facebook saying, hey, whoever shows me the most kids that they have, I'll give you a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks off a car. And we had a guy come in with 11 cars and four baby mamas, and we gave him a brand new Tahoe, I think, with like. $2,500 off. It was just, I did a lot of really funny, stupid stuff. We put a, a tiger in a smart car and drove up and down the strip to get attention. So I realized the power of social media back then. Mm. And I knew that it was a great thing. Way back in the day, I used to be on MySpace Music, if, if you even remember that. Uh, that was before my time. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> that's how we kind of networked through there. But uh, I really hit my stride uh, when my dealership happened. When I sold it, um, I actually was supposed to leave the country uh, and go travel up and down South America, basically just party and, and get naked on the beach. And uh, unfortunately, I got stuck here because of the pandemic. Mm. And then I that's what kind of led me into YouTube. Wow. So why did you decide to leave the, uh, the dealership space? I, I love the car industry. I love selling cars. But we're, dealers were hated so much, mm. more than attorneys, more than politicians. You know, like, it's such a fun job, like buying cars, fixing them up and selling them because... People make two big purchases and they're like cars and, and houses. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, every time we try to sell a car, people just yell at us, cuss at us, think we're trying to rip them off. Um, most of our margins on cars are like 5, 10, 15%. Mm -hmm. If you go to Walmart, they're making 50 to 25% off of whatever products they sell you. But for some reason, if a dealership makes 10% off you, we're monsters, we're mm -hmm. you know, everybody hates us. And so I just, I got sick of it and I wanted to take a break. I, I the stress level was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Also, um, a lot of people don't know this, that during that time, uh, banks were getting really tight with lending. And so they would actually charge us people or basically, how do I say it nicely? They would charge us extra money if the customer had bad credit. So every time a customer would say, hey, give me a deal, lower the price of the car, mm -hmm. we weren't able to because everybody here in Vegas, I mean, you know, they have bad credit. They, right. barely, they, they hardly work. They, 
you know, they gamble and stuff like that. So every time I tell people, hey, look, I can give you a thousand dollar discount, but your credit's bad. So we have to keep it up because the bank's going to charge us a thousand dollars. And it just got worse every Jeez. month. The fees just kept getting higher. So I just I wanted to take a break, kind of reset. And I've been doing this since I've been 18. Right. Most people I know, like I'm sure you've probably I know you you had a few different companies. Yeah. Uh, in the last few years. And so I've seen people pivot and try things. I've done cars since I was 18 and nothing else. Wow. Yeah, and I feel like we just had Nick Dose on. He said he had 30 million tied in inventory. I feel like that's another problem with dealerships. Uh, I call it the baller on the budget where I had $2 million in lines of credit and we had like 150 cars um, on my floor at the highest point. And you would not believe how many people are like, why don't you get nicer cars? Mm-hmm. Why don't you get more cars? I'm like, this is 150 cars. And the average car is you know, anywhere from fifteen to $20,000. Like this is $2 million in inventory. Mm-hmm. Do you have $2 million you can give me to buy cars? And it's just, it's almost like a thankless job. Just, I'm lucky enough to have the passion and I loved it. And I just like, like I said, fixing cars. I enjoyed really fixing them and flipping them more than actually dealing with the customers. Mm. But yeah, with, with Nick, with exotic cars, whew, I, I, I feel bad for them. They're going to be in a world of hurt in the next three to six months. Yeah, because the car industry right now is going through a major correction, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, when we, every week, I'd say the book, uh, what wholesale values are correcting anywhere from three to like 5% um, wow. every month. And so, you know, on my cheap buckets, like when I had my dealership, it's no big deal. If you have a swing and you lose 5% on, you know, a $10,000 car, it's not going to hurt you. Mm. But if you have, let's say, a $500,000 car and you lose, you know, 10%, you know, that's fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. And so that's why I tell these guys, especially with exotic cars, get rid of them. Don't keep them. The problem with most exotic car dealers is they like the prestige of looking rich in front of everybody else. Where right. 90% of the exotic car dealers I know are broke as Wow, really? They, yeah, they don't own any other inventory. Um, it's usually they have financed through flooring companies, financed through investors or partners, and then the rest they kind of float with um, what's called like consignment deals. Mm. And we try to stay away from that because there's a company. Do you remember? You ever heard of CNC Motors? No. Okay, this was like a big YouTube dilemma, which happened. Um, like, let's say you have a Ferrari and you want to consign it to me, mm-hmm. and you sign the paperwork. I sell your car, and customer gets the car the bank funds me and instead of me paying you i just keep the money mm-hmm. legally believe it or not you have no right to get your car back mm. because the customer has all the rights the one that i sold it to you could sue me and sue my bond which is like a hundred thousand dollars so you may get a hundred grand back out of your three hundred thousand dollar ferrari mm. so every time we have an economic downturn all these exotic car dealers usually wind up eating and basically going bankrupt because it's a house of cards. They're taking consignments in. They're paying their high floor fees. Mm. And, you know, these type of cars, um, they don't sell really well during an economic downturn because most, I guess, exotic car buyers are very educated and, and kind of discerning customers. And so when they see the recession coming, they're pulling back. Even then, like, I actually I had an order in for a brand new Technica. I pulled it out. I think wow. that the hype is not going to be there. I'm just going to wait. I'd rather just buy a few projects that I'm going to build on YouTube and just put my money back into my channel instead of buying a uh, $280,000 car that I'm just going to drive around. It's just going to depreciate. So <laughs> Yeah. Don't they go down like 30% as soon as you buy it? Some do, but exotic cars are the different thing. This is why a lot of people get into Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. 
Terms apply. The realm. If if I have an allocation, I've been waiting over a year for mine. If I get it the second it touches down, I pay two eighty something, two eighty nine. It's worth three eighty nine. Really, so it's worth a hundred grand more because nobody wants to wait a year or two years to get the the mm. new Technica. But the problem is, is there's so many people right now. Like even when I had my car, they told me it'd be two years, mm-hmm. and then eighteen months, then twelve months, then six months, mm. and it just lets me know how many people are walking away from allocations because this is going to sound bad. And I don't want to offend anybody, but like all the crypto bros, they lost all their money. There's there's none of that excess money going out blinging. Um, there was these guys teaching, you know, how to get allocations and flip them. So mm-hmm. a lot of these people weren't people that were going to buy the cars. They were just going to get the allocation. And then let's say you wanted the Lambo, they would sell you the allocation for like 30, 40 grand. Right. That's what they teach is how you come up with a bunch of money with no money down. And that's all over with. It's, yeah. it's kind of hitting the fan now. Yeah, I know a lot of crypto bros that got wrecked. A yeah, I, I feel so bad. The the most, I guess, uh, for percentage of cars and the highest amount of defaults is the G-Wagon because all the crypto bros, for some reason, <laughs> everybody had to buy a G-Wagon and they were paying a hundred grand over MSRP. Jeez. And so now you can buy those things a little bit above MSRP. Some dealers are selling them at MSRP. Mm-hmm. So just imagine if you had, like you bought during the pandemic, a 2021 G-Wagon mm-hmm. and you paid... Let's say the sticker was 150 and you paid 250 for it and you put $50,000 down. So you still owe, let's say, 200K. You go to the uh, dealership to trade it in because you want a brand new 2023 and they give you $100,000 for your car. So now you're 100K upside down. Wow. And that's what we're seeing now where it's it's really starting to scare people and people are starting to realize that that excess of money, that inflation is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps saying they don't see it. They see gas prices raised and everything else. And it's like, one thing I've been screaming, it's the it's the banks, the funding, the the finance behind it. Once that hits the sh- or I don't want to can I cuss on your yeah. podcast? Okay. Yeah, when sh- the fan, that's when they're gonna realize that <laughs> we're in trouble. Yeah. So these banks are I saw one of your videos, they're pretty much backing out of dealerships now, right? They're scared to give loans out. Yeah. So during the pandemic, um, there was so much excess money where a lot of times if you put a big enough down payment, banks will loosen the lending requirements. Mm-hmm. And one of the things the government was doing to stimulate the economy is they were taking any asset-backed collateral loans and just paying them full rip. So it enticed banks to lend more money because they were getting more money from the government, from other people. And so um, let's say you traditionally would not qualify for a $200,000 car. Mm-hmm. Well, you showed up with $20,000 because you got your stimulus money, you're not working, you're not paying rent, you got twenty grand. i am going to go buy a Lambo. Mm. You put it down, all of a sudden the bank's like, well, traditionally we wouldn't do that, but you're putting twenty grand down and the banks are buying everything, we'll just give you the car. Mm-hmm. So they just went nuts. And then now what's happening is fast forward two years, all these banks are reaping the repercussions of their really frivolous lending. Um, when default rates reach a certain point, the banks actually get in trouble because they borrow their money from the government or they borrow it from hedge funds or private money. Mm-hmm. And so every quarter they have to decide or they have to show the books like, hey, look, we have this many cars, this is the loan, this is the amount of defaults. And this is where our portfolio is at. Well, what's happening now is they see that people are on all-time high delinquencies. Mm-hmm. Repos are coming up and piling up. Um, and then on top of that, they were giving like 150 to 170% of what's called LTV, loan to value. Well, they were giving, let's say, on a $100,000 car, they would give you $150,000 loan. Well, now that car is worth maybe 90000 or 100000 but they still have the $150,000 loan. So their overall portfolio is worth nothing. It's... Let's say it was a $300 million portfolio. Now it's worth like 225000 So Jeez. when the banks look at that, they're like, your assets are upside down. 
we're not going to give you as much money or we're going to give you money at a much higher rate. And that's why all these banks put the brakes mm -hmm. and it's getting harder and harder to finance. Wow. Um, I recently just tried to buy another exotic car and yeah. uh, three banks that I paid auto loans off all over hundred K they would not give me a loan. Whoa. Um, one told me they're flat out at anything exotic. They will not touch anymore. Uh, another bank told me that they put a cap on the dollar amount. So $120,000, no more than that. So mm -hmm. we're seeing it really hard in the, exotic car and luxury car market uh subprime which is like regular people cars and and people with bad credit they're still kind of floating around but um that's why i tell everybody when they're trying to buy these exotic cars or these luxury cars just be patient wait because once the banks won't fund people and it gets harder and harder those prices are just going to drop because it's either the dealership has to lower their price which they won't or the mm -hmm. customer has to give a down payment that's right. large enough to offset the risk and that's where right now is a battle of are the customers still stupid enough and saying, oh, I'm going to buy this car for overbook or are they just going to wait and the dealer has to lower its price because it has no other choice because the bank won't finance yeah. the over amount paid. That they so it's like a stalemate right now. Yeah. And so everybody keeps asking, when's it going to crash? And I kept telling everybody, it's it's not going to crash. It's going to be a slow, steady correction. Mm. So you don't think it'll be like the 08 recession crash with real estate? No, I, I really don't want it to be that way. I know a lot of people do, but they don't realize is, um, you know, you I was I had my shop during 08. And back that time, you can literally get a house. Like I could be like, hey, this is my friend Sean. And he just got a job at Walmart making eight bucks an hour. Here's a five hundred thousand dollar house. Mm. No doc loans, low interest or interest only loans. They were giving everybody these ninja loans. Mm. And they were just literally giving out free money. Well, what happened was and everything collapsed, they put so many processes in place where even somebody like myself, I make money through YouTube, they don't see that as a viable income. And so they put me in a different category where I have to put maybe 15 to 20% down instead of the normal 5, 10, 15%. So it's making lending harder and the government regulates it. If the government steps in and we have a really collapse in the auto market, the government will step in and they'll put regulations in place telling you what kind of car you can afford with your budget. Mm. And the way it works now, none of these Americans can afford their cars. I mean, right. think about it this way. A brand new Tahoe is $90,000. A Tahoe, something that like, you know, our moms would drive us around in. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's 90 grand. So it's so funny to me that, um, you know, people think that these $100,000 cars are something expensive and extravagant. I mean, you can literally go to Ford and buy a Ford F-350 for 100 grand. Yeah. Um, the new Escalade is $120,000. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So if the government were to step in and put all these regulatory things in, people would be crushed because they would go off of really DTI debt income and none of these people can afford the car payments. Wow. So car dealerships are struggling. What about these luxury car rental companies or people on Turo? <laughs> like, how are they doing right now? So I can start off with Turo, and then we can make fun of the, the exotic rental car companies. So <laughs> Turo was, don't get me wrong, Turo's a great platform to get started in the business. Mm -hmm. I talk about it on my channel. Like, if you're getting started in the automotive industry and you don't want to get, like, an expensive rental car license and pay a bunch of money in insurance, this is a great way to get started. But the downfall is, is once you're on the platform, that's it. You're on the platform. Turo has all these agreements where you can't go on other platforms and post your cars. Mm. You have to abide by a certain amount of rules. And at the end of the day, Turo only gets money if they run out your cars. Mm -hmm. So it has a system where it literally endorses and kind of approves people to price their cars below market. So if, you know, I'm a rental car business, I need to make profit, overhead, pay down my depreciation, pay down my, uh, my interest. And everything else, and I need to make, let's say my Toyota camera, I need to rent it for $60 a day. Mm -hmm. This way, I'll profit $20 a day. Where you have these guys that everybody and their grandma jumped in during the pandemic that bought a same Camry, were renting it out for $100 a day because the market was hot. Mm -hmm. They walked away from it, 
And now they're like, oh, well, I just need to make my $400 car payment. So I'll rent it for 25 bucks a day. I don't give a shit. I just need to make the money just to cover my nut. Mm. And now people like myself that own businesses, we're competing against people that are literally just giving their money away or giving their cars away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply just so they can cover their bills. And so Turo has created almost a perfect platform to almost like a race to the bottom. Mm. It's everybody's chasing who's the lowest mm-hmm. and that's all they care about. Before they used to prioritize, like if you're a great host, your cars were clean, you had great reviews, yeah. you would be number one. You're a pro host, you're a power host, we want to deal with you right. because they know they get more. But now that they have so many people on the platform, they don't care. Wow. It's who's, who's going to give me the cheapest rate so I can make my VIG off of that and then on top of that, when I first got on Turo, um, this was like five years ago, um, they were very nice with like dealing with things. They, if somebody crashed your car, no problem, Mr. Lopez. We're going to send an adjuster out. We're going to get you fixed. And like a week, I'd have a check. Really? And the car would be fixed. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you're not it, getting anything? <laughs> no. I mean, you have to fight, argue. And they, a lot of times, they take the customer's side. Like there's a lot of these guys that like they'll rent your car and they'll drive it. And then let's say they got to return it in like two hours. Mm-hmm. They'll call and be like, oh, you know what? This car doesn't feel safe. The, the brakes are shaking. The steering's shaking. I don't feel safe. I'm just going to park the car on the side of the road and leave it here. Whoa. And so they'll just leave your car somewhere. And you're pissed off because this is your, you know, your investment. You have a lot of money tied up into it. Yeah. And Turo will flag you, force you to take it to a shop, and then whatever money they paid for rental, they take it out of your account. Punish you. And so I've had this happen several times where I'm like, look, there's nothing wrong with the car. I have videos. I have evidence. And like mm-hmm. I would show... A documentation and they would always turn me back on but a lot of these kids don't have a process of actually doing it correctly so when they get locked out they get kicked off the platform mm. and the worst thing is now is if you do something wrong like that maybe two three times you're off you're banned yeah i had a guy um this is this is embarrassing this shows how smart people are hmm. uh he had 30 teslas in california that he was running on Turo mm. during the pandemic he was making absolute <laughs> i think they're making two to three hundred dollars a day wow well Fast forward um, about six months ago, he was renting it and he got three complaints in like a matter of like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Two of the people were dumb because, you know, like Tesla's like, if you don't charge them, they'll just, they'll shut down. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, that's pretty much it. So two people didn't understand how the battery worked. And so they bricked the cars. The cars were dead. They just left them there and complained about it and walked away from the car. Wow. So he had to tow them. So he had to deal, basically tell Turo that they were too stupid to read the battery charger and everything else, even though the car was telling him to go charge it. And the other person got a nail in the tire. Well, those three strikes got him kicked off a of Turo. No way. So overnight, he lost everything. So each of his each of his Teslas is about $800 to $900 car payment with insurance. Jeez. So imagine, he has $30,000 a month in overhead oh every single month with those 30 Teslas. And just, boom. Yeah, if you get kicked off, you're done. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been preaching since literally like two years ago, don't ever rely on just one, you know, form of, of income mm-hmm. diversify put some cars on turo some on share some on uh um higher car like there's a bunch of platforms now mm-hmm. where they can do it but people just drink the kool-aid they watch these youtube gurus uh rent your car on turo it's a business mm-hmm. all those guys are gone 
When I started my channel, I think I had like 5,000 subs. These guys had like 10, 20,000 subs. Yeah. And they were selling their Turo rental car course. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was actually teaching people how to get a rental car license. They're all gone now. Yeah, I used to see those Turo automation courses and stuff. Oh, God. They're, they're even coming back now. I see people like like after they burned and they've been roasted on social media, yeah. they're coming back again. <laughs> and they're like, well, you have a rental car course. I'm like, yeah, mine's teaching you how to get a license and get insurance and lines of credit yeah. and running or renting directly to consumers, not going through a third-party platform. Now, it's great to have that as backup because it's a lead generator. That's all I used it for, to bring me leads. Mm -hmm. And if I ever, if Turo was ever pissed off at me, I can leave them and it wouldn't crush me and cripple my business. Mm. And so now all these guys are coming back and there's this exotic car automation, which we'll kind of spin into, I guess, our next topic. Um, have you seen the ads like, oh, rental car automation, exotic rental car automation? Yeah, they do like a profit split or something. Yeah. And so I won't mention names, but here's the flaw with most of these exotic rental car companies. So one, if you're leasing your car, let's say from like luxury leasing partners, Midway, a few of these other companies, it's 100% illegal to rent out your car and they can actually repo your car. Mm. Um, a company I know, luxury leasing partners, they do it all the time. They actually snatch up uh, rental cars from people um, that are renting them because that's in your lease. You cannot use it for commercial purposes. Wow. So that's the first one. Um, the second one is a lot of people's insurance will not cover somebody else in the car i don't care what you say or your attorney said that it's good and they wrote a contract and everything else it's mm -hmm. your insurance at any time if 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 i take your lambo and i get drunk and i run into a school bus and kill a bunch of kids and they're like well you had insurance so i'm good to go mm -hmm. insurance is not going to cover it. they're like well no you weren't driving we insured you mm. not this person driving it right and so these poor people are signing up for these rental car automations where they're either giving their cars to somebody else. So you give me your Lambo mm -hmm. and you're pro you're trusting me to basically rent out your car to a bunch of random strangers. And I'm, and I'm telling you promise that I'm insured and I'm licensed and I'm bonded and you're safe, your car's safe. Mm -hmm. But all they're doing is they're taking your car. Let's say uh, it's a 2021 Huracan and they'll give it to somebody and they'll rack up a of miles when you're making money. It's an even split. But when, let's say, somebody breaks something, damages something, mm -hmm. or your car needs maybe clutch or maintenance, that's your problem. Mm. And that's where all these guys don't read the fine print. What I'm telling you is like, I go, the profit split is, is what it is. You all get money. Mm -hmm. But when it starts costing money, they're not going to do anything for you. Right. I've seen some of these guys where they had like a lot full of cars. They don't wash them. They don't maintain them. They don't keep them inside. They mm -hmm. just beat the hell out of somebody else's cars. They realize that if you buy these cars yourself and you finance them, you can't make any money. Mm -hmm. That's why all these exotic rental car companies die within the first, you know, two years is because they um, depreciation and maintenance catches up to them and they can't afford it and they can't trade in the cars because every time they make money, they pocket it or live some crazy lifestyle mm -hmm. instead of actually paying down their loans. Wow. So 90% of the exotic rental car companies you see out here, they're all full of they don't have insurance. They're not correctly registered with the state. Mm. They're just a bunch of dudes that got together that are renting out their Lambos <laughs> so they can afford to make the payments. That's insane. Yeah, period. The margins do seem insane, though, because like they'll rent them out for like 500 1000 a day. Yeah. So like when I had a um, a few exotic cars back in the day, I won't do them anymore. Um, one, because Houston, my friend, does it. And then also it's just not worth the, the liability. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you go out and you buy like my R8 that I'm driving now. I can rent that out for like $1,000 a day. Wow. And it's good. But the downfall is, is like, you know, what do people do when they get in these exotic cars? They want to rip it. They want to do burnouts. They right, want to do all this crazy stuff. And I just, to me, it's not worth the risk and liability. And then on top of that, um, the depreciation is steep. Once every like 5,000 miles you put on an exotic car, I mean, you're talking 10, 20, 30, $40,000 in depreciation. Wow. And a lot of these guys don't realize that. They're like, oh, well, I'm going to put 20,000, 30,000 miles. 
and then I'm just going to get rid of it. So they'll pay 380 for a, a fully loaded uh, Huracan that was a year ago mm-hmm. um, that with no miles. They put 30,000 miles on it in two and a half years, and they're like, okay, I'm ready to get rid of it. What's it worth? Oh, we're trading 195. Well, I still owe three hundred and ten thousand dollars on this car. <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy, you're gonna have to come up with a hundred grand out of your pocket. And, oh my gosh! And it's the same thing every single time we see these guys just freaking out. And um, I used to think the money was worth it. So here's the difference between an exotic uh, rental car company that's legit and one that's at, that's basically not legit. So to do these type of cars, it costs me about a thousand dollars a month in insurance per mm. car for exotic cars. Whoa! Now the catch is, is I can never use that insurance because once I have so many losses on my policy, they'll kick you off. Mm. That's why it's so hard to get exotic rental car insurance and it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, $1,000 is because I've been doing this since like 2005. So I'm already grandfathered in with my company. They will not accept anybody new. New places that I've actually set up, I've seen them do anywhere like fifty dollars to $60,000 to start the policy and two to $3,000 a month per car for exotic cars. Whoa. So that's why I tell these guys when we rent our cars or even like my friend Houston, he rents a, a, a Huracan for two grand a, a day mm-hmm. and they're like, well, I can get it on Turo for a thousand bucks because he's running his business correctly. That two grand pays for the insurance, pays for the depreciation, pays for the miles, pays for the maintenance. It's done correctly. Mm-hmm. Where these guys, like I said, they make, they rent their car out five times a month. They're making five grand and thinking they're balling and they're not, they're just, they're not doing it right. And every time we try to set somebody up, because these guys call, I've even had some of these YouTubers that were, oh, my client wants to get it. What does he have to do? Mm-hmm. And I tell them, they're like, there's got to be a cheaper way. I'm like, there's not. Mm. This is the cost of doing business. Wow. And that's why there's so many of these clowns that are getting shut down. They get raided. Um, the guy that raided? Atlanta, yeah, they get raided. Uh, it's illegal because what happens is once you commit insurance fraud, yeah. like that's what these guys were doing in Atlanta. They, were, they would take your car and they would rent it out to people. And then all of a sudden, um, they crash your car oh, well, just, just tell them it was stolen. And so you you call in your insurance company because you don't want to lose a $300,000 loan. Mm-hmm. You tell them it's stolen. Well, people started surfacing with videos of these guys like doing burnouts, crashing the cars, running into people. Mm. And so, and they caught a few of them saying, you know, that they rented it and they showed a contract. So the feds raided them Whoa. and shut them all down. And these were some of these Turo gurus that were doing exotic rental cars, yeah, yeah. rental car automation, which is basically, we call them broker jokers. They don't own anything. They don't own a business. They don't own a <laughs> license. They don't own shit. Just give me your expensive car and I'll rent it out. Basically, they're a pimp. I'm going to pimp you out. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take my cut <laughs> and you're going to take all the risk. And that's literally what it is. When you sit down and think about it, and any of you guys are thinking about doing this, it's all about risk and liability when it comes to the car business. If you're willing to risk $200,000 to make $1,000, that's, that's a full move. Don't even waste your time because... It's not worth risking 200k to make a thousand bucks. There's a lot better, better ways to do that. Yeah, that risk to ratio is not good at all. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I had random people renting my Lambo and they could crash it or steal yeah, it or something. And, and the scary thing is, is I talked to this other guy. He's dealing with these these other group in Miami, New York, and they have four exotic cars, two Collinins, and an Aventador, and I think an Aston Martin. All together, I think it's a little over like. $2 million in cars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so basically you just gave this guy $2 million to gamble is, is what I uh, adjusted it to. I was like, <laughs> I would never do that. Like get your cars back, sell them. Even if you lose a hundred K that's more than what you'll ever get renting it. Mm. But these guys, they just, they watch the videos. They see the hype. They see these guys, they're all broke and they're all kids. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can understand. Like if, if um, there's a guy, his name is Rob Peretti. He's, he's probably a little bit older than me. He's been doing it for years. He's got a track record. You want to invest your money? Give it to somebody like that. Right. 
Like even people ask me, hey, Lucky, I'll give you a car. I don't want your car. Mm. I'll run it for me. I don't want to do it. Why? Because of liability. I don't want to be responsible for your car. Right. So if I'm telling you I don't want to do it and these ass clowns are like, oh, bro, give me your car and I'll <laughs> rent it out and I'll beat the shit out of it. Yeah. it. It blows my mind. So are you out of the rental game completely now? Um, I actually just got my license last week. So okay. I'm opening up a place downtown and I'm going to do classic cars and I'm going to do commercial rentals. Okay. So I want to do something that's a little bit different from a lot of my friends. Obviously, Houston does exotic cars. I have another buddy of mine that does like regular cars. So I'm going to be renting to probably like Uber, Postmate drivers, um, construction companies, plumbing companies, and then classic cars. Nobody likes them. I love them because you got to tinker with them. And right. so that's my goal is to have a bunch of retro rods where we have a bunch of classic cars and you can rent them out for, mm. you know, two, three hundred dollars a day. What's considered like a classic car? Is there specific years they got to be in? Um, it could be a little bit of everything. We can have, we have um, like 70 Novas, 69 Camaro, mm. uh, 67 Mustang Fastback, 65 Mustang Convertible. Stuff from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, I think is kind of the sweet spot because wow. people have such an earning for those. And I remember my friend, when I first got started in the business, I actually worked on a lot of the exotic rental car companies here and they owned dream cars mm. and they were the biggest ones at the time. And we used to do all their service work for them. And we used to laugh. The actual ROI on a classic car is 10 times Lambo. Because Lambo, really? you got to buy, you know, $280,000 and you're renting it for $1,500, $2,000, you know, a day. And the insurance is high and maintenance is high. Mm -hmm. Classic cars, I spend maybe 20, 30 grand building them. So the retro rods. So it's, it looks old on the outside, but it has like a modern Tahoe transmission and motor and right, brakes on the bottom. Um, so let's say we put 30 grand into it. My insurance is $112 a month per car and we rent them out for two to $300 a day. Wow. That's way less risk. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, you know, it's not as flashy. Like I don't get to have Lambos and you know, all these want to be Instagram models and my, <laughs> my DMS. But at the end of the day, who gives what makes money with the least amount of risk? That's, right. that's my philosophy. And so I think it'll be good to not only have this where I can, you know, have like friends, like if you want to do a photo shoot, you want to drive the cars. But then also, you know, I want to have people physically come here to Vegas and like if they want to like learn about the rental car business, they can come see it like live, like actually going on because I've seen all these fake gurus kind of disappear. You mm -hmm. know, like I'm a real estate mogul. Oh, yeah. show me your real estate portfolio. <laughs> I don't own any real estate. And it's yeah. like, why in the f are you selling a class? So we just kind of laugh. So my goal is if I ever do anything like this, I want to make sure I can physically bring people to a place and show them. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be great for YouTube, to be honest with yeah. you. Because like I said, I, I don't mind doing the sitting talking head stuff. But after a while, I get kind of bored. I want to do something different where I have a camera guy follow me. And I think it'll just be a little more fun. Right. What cars would you recommend people never get? Like they're terrible quality. They always break down. Like you've had terrible experiences. Oh, I'm going to get a bunch of hate on this one. So <laughs> the first one is going to be Range Rovers. You can buy them brand new. But I've seen brand new ones go to the shop more than any other car. Mm. I don't know what it is. I thought that, you know, every car has taken a big leap. Hyundai's and Kia's have jumped up way up in reliability. But Range Rovers, I had a buddy pay, God, what was it like a buck fifty or buck sixty for a Range Rover portfolio? Mm -hmm. 200 miles in the shop, wow. 2,000 miles in the shop, 2,100 miles back in the shop. Jeez. And we're talking month to three months at a time in stuck inside the shop. Mm. Finally, I told him about uh, the uh, Lemon Law. And they actually came, lemoned it out, and he got another car. What's and the like, lemon law? So if you buy a brand new car and it keeps going in for the exact same problem mm. and they can't figure it out and they can't fix it, it's your protection from a manufacturer to get rid of the car. Mm. Now, this is only on brand new cars. So all these people watching saying there's a lemon law for used cars, there's not. 
Mm. Don't even try. You're dumb. <laughs> and so it, it just helps because sometimes there are cars that are just bad from the factory. And so I told them, you got to take it in for, depending on the manufacturer, it could be three to six times for the exact same thing. You know, and his was electrical problems. He'd just drive it and the car would just shut off. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's got a family. His kids are in the back. All of a sudden, the steering wheel locks up. The brakes won't work. Wow. You know, it's very scary. scary. So I told him that that's the easiest way. But after the third time, it died. He took it back. He called uh, uh, Range Rover. And I think they had so many people calling. They just gave him another one. Wow. You I know? wouldn't even take another one at that point. That's though. what I told him. <laughs> I was like, please don't take one. Yeah. Go get something else. You know, um, I'd say there's a lot of the newer cars now are really good. Um, as far as maintenance and dependability, I mean, mm-hmm. there's always a few outliers. Like I know that, uh, Fiat is the most, uh, has the most recalls and the most maintenance, uh, it's called TSBs, tactical service bulletins mm-hmm. out of any manufacturer. Like for some reason, when they came here to America, they, I think they just forgot how to build cars cause mm-hmm. they're just, they're the rapid, the most rapid depreciating cars, more maintenance and just nonstop problems. So if wow. you're looking at a Fiat, I know they look cute with the little bubbly and you can buy the Gucci one. Don't even waste your time. They're, they're absolute junk. Um, I'm trying to think for exotic cars. I tell people McLarens, I love them. Every time I go on exotic car rallies, they're great cars. Yeah. But once you get over like 5,000 miles, it's like a ticking time bomb. Right. Every time we go, like, um, we go to these rallies from like LA to Vegas, they'll break down in between. Yeah. All the time. Transmission codes, they get locked up, turbo blows a hose or, or they blow a coolant line. Every, I've never been to a rally where I've seen every single McLaren actually make it. Never. Yeah. Everyone I ask this question to, McLarens in their top three. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, they're beautiful cars. They're amazingly designed, but man, yeah. they're just undependable. Like my R8, R8's Huracons, you can't go wrong. The V10 is bulletproof. They've mm. been making the same one since 05. Wow. They just can't and it's just, they're dependable. I've I've seen, my friend has a, a, a Huracon in uh, Texas and he has a buck 30, 130,000 miles on a 2015 Huracon. Whoa. And he just drives the hell out of it. He bought it, I think, from a rental car company in New York when it had like 60-something thousand miles. Mm-hmm. And he did a video, the highest mileage Huracan. Never took off. I think it got like 20 views. But mm-hmm. he's been driving it ever since. And now he doesn't even care. He beats it, drives it, takes it off curbs and stuff. But, I mean, that's literally, that's the one car, if you had to blow your wad and spend it as far as exotic cars-wise, that would be it. Ferraris are getting a lot better. Ferraris used to be pretty bad with maintenance, but Ferraris mm-hmm. are, are, are definitely good. What's the best way to actually get a car, not get ripped off or lose 30, 40% off the rip? So when you talk about, that's the downfall. Currently in this market, they really build this, this FOMO, this fear of missing out. So if you try to buy a new car, it's almost impossible to get a deal. Mm-hmm. Now, manufacturers and dealerships are starting to sell at MSRP. Before, a Toyota Corolla was like 20 grand over MSRP. RAV4s were like 30, 40 grand. It was ridiculous. Mm buying a $40,000 car and then paying $40,000 a markup. So right now, you it's very hard, but I know Jeep, Dodge, Ford, and some other manufacturers are starting to give incentives. Mm. Um, you know, But when it comes to exotic cars, I hate to say it, buy used because you, you will never get a good deal buying brand new. I mean, if you buy like a Lamborghini and you're able to get an allocation and you can buy it at MSRP mm-hmm. and then you could sell it later, that's probably the only thing I think that you can actually make money on. But right now... People don't have access to the auctions, and the auctions, the dealer auctions, are more overpriced than Craigslist, Facebook, and OfferUp. Um, we can literally go on OfferUp and probably find a better deal on a Tahoe than we can at the actual auction. Mm-hmm. So I feel really bad when people keep asking me, like, where do I find the deals? Where do I find the deals? The best thing that I tell people is go to like Auto Trader or Car Gurus, mm-hmm. and you can actually sort by time of uh, basically being online how long the car's been there. 
Mm-hmm. And whatever cars you're looking, let's say you're looking at a Ford F-150, pull up all the ones you like. Whatever which ones has the most days on market, that's the one you negotiate with. Because if it's been there for six months, they're going to let it go for a deal. Right. The one they just bought last week, they're not going to budge. So just look for cars that have been online the longest amount of time. Because even the, the, the I bought an Acura NSX, mm-hmm. they wanted 170, then they dropped it to 160, 150, and I ended up offering them 140 for it. And I ended up getting it. And so it took me like three months to get it, but I was patient, didn't want to wait. And they all do that. Well, bro, we got like six people to want it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, when they stroke the check, let me know. Yeah. And they love to talk trash. And even me, like a dealer, I, I used to do the same thing, but that's just the way they are. They're so worried about losing money that they'll, uh, what is that? Like holding onto the rope that's an anchor does more damage than, than actually letting it go. That's yeah, the way dealers that. are. They're so afraid to lose money that they'll literally scare away all the customers that can legitimately buy the car where they can just get out of it. Yeah, that makes sense. We got to wrap up, but I want to talk about your YouTube conference coming up real quick. Could you tell people more about that? Yeah, so um, it's called Creator Connection. Uh, we're going to be doing it here in Las Vegas, still working out the uh, destination part. But what it's going to be, it's going to be a conference where YouTubers with over 100,000 subscribers, uh, I think TikTokers with over a million, uh, Instagram influencers with over 250,000 followers are going to be able to come to this event. It's completely free for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have speakers, and these speakers are going to be something that's not going to be somebody like tell you how to get better thumbnails and how to do longer retention. It's all about business. We're going to have agents. They're going to help you get sponsorships. Um, we have different financial companies. They're going to show you how to get actual financing if you're an influencer. So if you want to build a podcast, you want to get some camera gear, you want to, you know, whatever you need money for, we can do that. We have, uh, um, obviously you had Eric on the show, but like Kara, they're going to talk about the importance of, you know, building your credit with this and kind of give people an idea of what it's like to actually run a business with uh, on social media and how to build your brand mm. because I've talked to a few of these people like building their brand and all they're talking about is getting more eyeballs where I when I first started this I knew that there was people out there that had like we talked about like a million subscribers and they were clearing like eight to ten thousand dollars a month mm. you know I was doing that when I had like twelve thousand subscribers right. I was learning how to do consulting I was trying to monetize my content as much as I possibly could and so I wanted to share this information because like I said I I think that there's so much opportunity out there. And as people start leaning more to YouTube, like these podcasts and stuff, like that's why they're all blowing up. People are just sucked into YouTube. Free content. Why are they going to pay $20 a month to watch the same, was it Disney Plus, Mandalorian, and watch that over mm-hmm. and over and over again? Yeah. No, they're all going to stuff like this where they can learn from entrepreneurs, they can learn from other people, and it's a little more entertaining. And now we're, we're dealing with regular people like ourselves. So I think that this platform will just get bigger. So if people don't figure out how to monetize and actually make money, off of the platform because I believe that um, I don't know if you're around for Adpocalypse the first one I wasn't so like um, I've watched people literally make you know fifty sixty thousand dollars a month off of AdSense mm-hmm. and literally overnight they get their channels oh well, you're no longer making this much money off of your views we consider you comedy so you're gonna drop in it like a quarter so mm-hmm. now they're making like ten thousand dollars a month instead wow. of a hundred grand and they're freaking out because they live this crazy lifestyle so I believe that Adpocalypse two is about to come because. Mm-hmm. A lot of these financial YouTubers got in trouble and they're blaming them and they're the highest paid. So I think that they're going to switch that where if you're a financial thing, you have to prove documentation and then they'll put you in there. But if you're not, I think they're going to give you a lower tier of finance, just like automotive. I think automotive, actually, we're going to go up. I don't think we're going to go down. I think right now we're four or fifth as far as the ranking goes as as what we get for CPM. But um, so that's why I don't want people to do is just to rely 100% just on AdSense. I want them to build a brand to make money off the platform. Right. Lucky. It's been a great episode, man. Any closing comments, things you want to promote? Um, Pretty much 
If you're a creator and you're watching this, make sure you check out, uh, go to creatorconnection.vegas. That's where we're gonna have it signed up. It's probably gonna be sometime in the end of October. Um, you're actually the first person that I've told. So I just literally got the logo back today and waiting for the events. Check out my website, uh, automotivelife.com and check out my channel, Lucky Lopez. We talk all things automotive and yeah, that's about there it. There we go. Thanks for tuning in guys to the Digital Social Hour. I'll see you next time.